Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. One of the greatest compliments I've ever received was being told that I am teachable. I received that from my mentor on cameras at church when I was trying out for the camera team. And, you know, it's cameras were using film the last time I seriously used one, like the early, early stages of professional level digital cameras were out. And so it had been a while. And she was like, one of the best things about you is that you're teachable. Guys, teachability is the ability to be taught or being able and willing to learn something new. It is humbly accepting that you don't know everything while actively working to change that fact. In this episode, we take a look at teachability, what it means to be teachable, and how you can become teachable, as well as how to maintain and improve your teachability. Before we get started, a big shout out to our friend Chang on his engagement. Congratulations, bro. That's awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, I know this is going to come out a couple of weeks after the the announcement, but, uh, you know, we saw it and we're like, all right, we, we got to say something. So congratulations. That's that's really cool. So, uh, Will, what's been going on with you? Uh, well, I actually watched a uh, full-length movie in Russian Sunday night. The movie in English, you know, when it was released, is called Furious, but it was uh, The Legend of Kolovrat. Uh, it's about 13th century Kiev, or the Kievan Rus, uh, standing against Batu Khan, you know, Genghis's grandson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like 300, uh, you know, as far as like the a lot of the cinematography and the choreography of the fight scenes is a lot like that. It's swords instead of spears, and it doesn't have the Hollywood way of doing things. So it's not... It doesn't look American. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I was able to, I was able to skip reading the subtitles for a good bit of the movie. Nice. Yeah, uh, there were some things that was kind of hard to catch, and so I was kind of having to like look and go, okay, what did they just say? And there were some things that I didn't entirely agree with the translation, but that's a you know that's something you get anyway. But it was nice. I was able to you know sit through it and uh, you know understand most of what was going on. So. I feel like that's pretty good progress. Other than that, I have got our podcast website living on S3. Um, I got the deployment working there, which is nice because I mean that involved setting up the whole Amazon infrastructure and you know doing all the the security bits and pieces and all that. I do have a thirty cent bill that I have to pay to Amazon for the privilege of you know beating the crap out of S3. But I feel like I could probably cover that. <laughs> so I'm not really feeling all that anxious. It's definitely going to be quite a bit better than, than what we currently have. I still got to get a uh, CloudFront setup, you know, and, and the whole uh, architecture there so that it's it's on a CDN. But um, it's moving along very, very quickly. How about you? Uh, so I got tested for COVID. I had a friend who got a positive test. So just to be certain, I went and got tested too. It wasn't as bad as people say. You basically stick a Q-tip up your nose, and that's smaller than your finger. So, you know, rub it around for a few seconds. It's it's uncomfortable, and yeah, it does kind of, like, 
trigger the tear ducts a little bit so your eyes yeah. water up. I had that a lot oh. when I when I had all the sinus problems in high school. I was having to have that done like every two weeks for three yeah. years. It's um, not that bad. I mean, and it's definitely not as bad as a scope going up. Yeah. Try drawing <laughs> blood from a dehydrated alcoholic with collapsed veins. That's a pain for the phlebotomist and the patient. Also, I got my results back very quickly. Like I got the test on Saturday and the results were back Monday morning and they were negative. So we had a big uh, thanks Apple moment yesterday. I upgraded my Mac to Mac OS Big Sur. And now my VM won't work because with Big Sur, they no longer allow apps to use kernel extensions, forcing them to use Apple's API. I mean, I get it, but we just bought a new version of the VM to deal with Catalina. And now we have to get the next one for Big Sur. I'm like, really? It's not super expensive, but I'd be really annoyed if I had to pay for this out of pocket, like if I had it on a personal machine. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm mostly annoyed at the VM for charging to get the new version just to be able to use it. Yeah, that is kind of obnoxious. Although one thing I do like about Apple products is, is you can throw money at them until the problems go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Windows, it's not so much. So, yeah. Yeah. So I got some more work done in my office this week, as Will can see in the in the video chat. Um, I have moved my desk, and now he can see the big mess behind me where I've been moving things around. I was going to say, I can see a physical to-do list. Yes, yes. And I had some other stuff to say, but uh, something big happened today while I was uh, moving things around. My bookshelf broke. Like I was trying to scoot it over about an inch to an inch and a half. And like the whole bottom of it just dropped out. Thankfully, none of my books were harmed. And now all of my autographed first editions of Terry Goodkind works are sitting on my kitchen table. uh, And the rest of my books are, uh, well, not all of my books, but the rest of the books in that bookshelf are on my couch. But uh, yeah, I know. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to have to buy a new bookshelf. Um, This one was, I mean, it's the cheap one I've had since well, is it that white uh, one? No. Yeah, it's that white one. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> did I give you that one or did you buy that one? I bought that one. Okay. Yeah. I, I bought that one to replace the one you gave me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got another one I could give you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to buy a, a sturdy bookshelf to, to come in here. And once I set it up, it's going to stay there. So I, what I might do is I might buy that and I might buy another one of the smaller bookshelves that I have. It's kind of thinner and just sort of do it, you know, around it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going along. So that's, that's good. We do, uh, want to do a special thanks to Trent. Is it our wine? Well, you know him. Our wine. Yeah, I actually used to work with him. Oh, awesome. Awesome. For recommitting on Patreon. Uh, we are really appreciate you and all of our other patrons for helping us to make this podcast possible. Like your financial contributions really help us out. Speaking of finances, take your financial confidence to the next level. Lucas Casades is a fee-only certified financial planner and financial coach who serves tech professionals with his company, Level Up Financial Planning. And he does this virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Level Up Financial Planning, just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, 
believes in the importance of having a real plan and taking action so that you can live your best life. Yeah, a lot of times people think that they're too young or they don't have uh, sufficient investments to involve a financial planner. But Level Up has actually got a unique pricing model that allows you to pay monthly and without requiring investment management. So there's no real reason to wait to feel confident about your financial decisions. Yeah. And best of all, Lucas and Level Up Financial Planning is a fiduciary for his clients, which requires him to act in his client's best interest. A lot of times you'll have financial planners who are kind of glorified salesmen. Uh, That is not Lucas at all. You only pay so long as you're getting value and you no longer pay when you're not getting value. And check out levelupfinancialplanning.com for more resources and more stuff to learn. The most talented guitarists will stagnate and fall behind the much less talented player who is teachable and treats playing as a skill to be honed. The same goes for software development. Even the most talented senior developer will not be as good as an average junior developer who is teachable and hungry to learn more. The true greats, like Slash or Hendrix, are combinations of talent and teachability that leads to amazing growth in the skill. Yeah, you know, teachability is an aspect of humility, really. Uh, it's the ability to accurately assess and recognize your skills and talents, knowing that there is always more to learn, even if you are the best person in your field. Senior developers who are teachable take on the attitude of a junior when they're learning something new. Uh, Being teachable means that when someone comes along with new knowledge, even someone who overall has less knowledge than you do, that you take on the role of the student to learn the new thing. Teachability is not about how you learn or your ability to learn, but it is your attitude toward learning. A teachable person is a lifelong student who has a desire to learn and apply what they've learned. It's an ability to unlearn what doesn't work and relearn a new way of doing things. And being teachable will rapidly advance your career as you will show your peers and managers that you're willing to set aside your ego for the betterment of yourself and your team. Um, Even as a seasoned developer, being teachable will help you to keep up with changes in technology and engender you to the newer developers as you lead by example, allowing them to teach you things about the newer tech. In this episode, we'll start by briefly going over some traits that kind of define an unteachable person. Uh, These are things that you want to avoid, so we're going to mention them first. And then the bulk of the episode will be talking about the characteristics of a teachable person and how you can gain and maintain those characteristics. So first off, characteristics of an unteachable person. An unteachable person doesn't want to grow or learn because they don't think they need any improvement. Sometimes this is from arrogance, but honestly, a lot of time it comes from the fact that they actually do know a lot and they just don't realize, hey, there is more that I have to learn. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of like the way you put this because, you know, one of the things I see a lot is people that they know enough to get by right now. Yeah. And they, and that's enough for them. And the thing Mm -hmm. that gets you is like later, Maybe not so much. But the first one is ignorance, or that's a unwillingness to learn new things. An unteachable person won't expose themselves to new thoughts or experiences that will challenge what they know to be the truth 
or the best and only way to do something. I mean, yeah. we've both seen this. We've both done this at different points. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's why we talk about teachability is, you know, we we're we're kind of dumb rocks sometimes and we have to learn the hard way. I guess it's um, meta teachability. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've heard and used the phrase and I, I recently used it at church and some of the people just looked at me and they're like, What? Clue by four? You know, sometimes you're so ignorant, you just got to get hit upside the head with a clue by four. Well, and that's uh, that's all, honestly what happens is you learn new things. You know, assuming you live, you learn new things or <laughs> new things force you to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're kind of stuck having to. It's it's better to do it on your own terms. But yeah, the uh, the thing where people think they know everything about a topic or that they know just enough and don't have time or need to learn more, it really hurts them over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's even in a stable language, there are new things happening. Just today, I was reading about changes in C++. Yep. And, you know, s- changes to the standard library. And it's just like, you know, even things that you may have been using for 20, 30 years and you know very well change and you you kind of you have to keep up with it um especially in this field trying to think of a field where things don't change very much um the only thing i can think of is dentistry i mean they're still using the same uh equipment they used in the middle ages it's just now used for helping you and not torturing you yeah so well, there is that <laughs> i gotta pick on dentists a little bit i don't know that drill i'm not not so sure that your your standard there holds up all the way with that <laughs> stupid drill uh, I, I can't stand going to the dentist but yeah i mean if you're unteachable you know you don't take notes and you don't ask questions and you don't grow uh, as a result unless you know sometimes people will will ask questions just so they can profess their own knowledge. That's not real asking questions. No. And the reason I put that in there is because Will and I have both done that. Yeah. Like it, we, we've, we've been that guy or gal. I, I've I haven't been that too. gal. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you speak for you. <laughs> well, you know, I do have the hair for it, but anyway, the facial hair. <laughs> okay (laughs) all right this this devolved very quickly Uh, (laughs) speaking of de-evolution the next characteristic of an unteachable person is pride and the unteachable person they avoid seeking help yeah and this this goes beyond just being shy or not wanting to bother somebody that's more experienced um, an unteachable person won't seek guidance even when they're stuck or they need help on something um, like legacy code, for instance, you know, like when the author of that code is sitting next to you and you don't ask for help, that's a bad sign. Yeah. And I've, I've seen this um, not next to you, but like in the cubicle in front of you. Yeah. Because like I have seen this and I've seen fellow junior developers kind of look down their nose and be like, oh yeah, there's the guy that that didn't go to school and got a job having to go ask for help. And I'm like, yeah, but I go ask the person who wrote this VB code because I don't write VB for help. And I get this maintenance ticket knocked out in a few hours while you spend a week on yours. 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> that uh, by the way, that person didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, I've worked with a few like that that were, and it's it's miserable when you're like, I could have helped you in like ten minutes. We could have been done with this, and it took you all week to get to yeah. a point where it's a crisis. Wow. And it's there's there's a difference between trying to figure things out on your own. Like there there's a difference between abusing that like going to that person and getting them to do all your work and completely avoiding them. It's like, all right, when you're stuck, when you've done as much as you can, um I loved it when I first started, Will would ask me when I'd come in and I'd ask him a question. He's like, well, what did you find out when you Googled it? And the first, like the first time he did that and I hadn't Googled it, I felt dumb. That was the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a teachable moment. And, and yeah. there's a reason for that is, you know, because in this industry, you have to be able to do both things. You have to be able to go and, you know, go to Google and try to find an answer so that your questions get better. And then you have mm-hmm. to be able and willing to ask those questions of real live human beings in front of you. Um, or yeah. you can put it on Stack Overflow and get it marked as irrelevant. Um, whatever works what for you, that? man. <laughs> no. Also, the unteachable person will refuse to ask any questions that might make them look uninformed or inexperienced. And the funny thing here is what it ends up doing is it makes them look even more inexperienced. Because I will tell you, some of the the smartest people I know and the smartest looking people I know ask some of the, you know, what a developer might consider dumb question, but they're not a developer or right. they're a junior uh, where they were, they weren't, they aren't now. But like I, I have worked with junior developers. I've worked with BAs who are like, this is probably a dumb question and they would ask it anyway. And you're like, Hey, if you don't know the answers to that, that's not a dumb question. That's a great question. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, especially when it was someone who wasn't in the field, who was like, all right, I have a dumb question. Do you mind answering it? And I would, I would take the time to answer. And they'd, they'd ask the question. I'm like, that's not a dumb question at all. Like, if you don't know the know the stack, know the technology, that's a really good question. Like, that shows insight. Um, well, and a lot of times when they have to ask a question, that also tells you your docs kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, there are two types of unteachable coders. The ones who have never heard of Stack Overflow and the ones who all their code is copy and pasted from there. Yep. And I know a couple of places that are hiring both kinds. Um, if you're so interested in a low-paying job with that's a dead end, I can hook you up. <laughs> so, speaking of things that get you hooked up, uh, arrogance is another common source of unteachability. And that's really poor ability to resolve conflicts. Yeah. An unteachable person refuses to be wrong or even admit the possibility that they might not be right. You know, they attempt to justify their thoughts or actions to the point of giving insanely obvious and dumb excuses. All right. So guys, I'm going to, if you haven't watched Arrow, I'm about to give a spoiler alert for something that happens in like season three or four. So spoiler alert for Arrow here. But I was just watching the episode the other day where Oliver tells Thea, his little sister, that he is Green Arrow. And spoiler alert, Oliver Queen is Green Arrow. (laughs) Um, But in it, 
like he is like been avoiding this and like Diggle told him not to because like he's like once you tell her that you've been lying to her you're going to lose her and her response was totally different from what he expected like he had to tell her because she was in danger he tells her and she's like oh my goodness all those times that I knew you were lying to me you were out there saving someone's life you know and it was just like you know very very powerful but what I was getting at is he thought he was getting away with a lie and she knew he was lying the whole time. Yeah. She didn't know what he was up to, but she knew he was lying the whole time. And of course in the show, they, they made it pretty obvious. Like it was really dumb, bad lies, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's still like people know, like when you're, when you're doing that, even people who don't know the technology can tell something, something's up with that. And I I'm sure Will's had this happen to him a lot. I've had it happen to me a little bit where someone who isn't a developer, like maybe a manager or like a project manager or BA or somebody comes up and is like, hey, can you explain this to me? Because what this person is saying does not make sense. And it was because they were refusing to be wrong. Yep. It's it's always fun too when management comes to you and they basically want you to confirm what they already know. Mm-hmm. And you know, usually by that point, they've the same person has usually lied to you a few times yeah. as well. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. You know, unteachable people also tend to um, avoid any criticism, and they get defensive really quick when you try to correct, you know, even small problems. Yeah, and I will, I will tell you guys, this last point here kind of hits home for me because. I can be a bit arrogant at times, maybe slightly narcissistic sometimes. And so like when I was writing this, I'm like, oh, arrow to the heart. Oh, arrow to the kidney. You know, I don't know. I should have thrown another organ in there. (laughs) Well, they hit you from the front and the back. So that's. Yeah, (laughs) that was the joke. Thank you for getting it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And finally, the unteachable person must win or at least not lose every argument to the point of refusing to give up or walk away until they've had the last word. Even when like it's blatantly obvious they've lost, they still got to throw in the last word or get something else in there. And, I know, I, and, and you and I've seen that start a bar fight before too. Yes. Yes, we have. <laughs> Where the guy could have walked away, but he had to say one more thing. <laughs> yes. 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 So guys, now that we've gone over what not to do, what not to be, like you do not want any of these. Like like I said, that last one really hit home with me because I'm like, oh wow, that's something that I have struggled with and still do sometimes struggle with. And Will can like, he's nodding his head like, yes, he does. Um, oh, my head's reasonably still. <laughs> I can see the subtle nods. <laughs> So now we're going to talk about the characteristics of a teachable person. This is what you want to have. And you may not have all of these, but that doesn't mean you can't move forward that you're not teachable. You know, a teachable person desires to learn and grow even when they are an expert on a subject. They're humble about their knowledge and don't let it get in the way of their ability to learn more. Yeah. So, you know, the first point under this is, you know, they value learning. Um, you know, learning is a means to an end. Essentially, 
a teachable person's greatest enemy is the knowledge they've already gained. So if, if they think they already know something, um, you know, that kind of can make people feel like they don't have to learn more and you want to really avoid that tendency in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things that it's just something you have to watch out for is like the better you are at being teachable, the more you have to fight the fact that you already know a lot. Yeah. And, and you know, some of that's facts getting in the way of each other. And some of it is just not being able to look and rationally see where the holes in your knowledge actually are because they're smaller, but they may be more damaging. Yeah. And I, I know Will and I have both seen people who have a great deal of knowledge and they know something and then it come like things change or it turns out that what they have learned is not correct and they're not able to stop doing that. Like they're like, I learned it. It's this. And this is the way it was taught. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you just have to be like, you have to unlearn things to learn new things. For the teachable person, learning is more than just the accumulation of knowledge. So no matter how much knowledge you have, there's more to learn. And you also recognize, like I was saying, that the knowledge that you have may not be correct. And you can learn new things that change the knowledge you have. Yeah. And the real purpose of learning is to be able to actually act on what is learned. You know, it's not just for pure knowledge. Um, You have to be able to execute on it. So if a person doesn't act on what they've learned, they haven't really learned anything. Um, And you'll see this all the time with people that read about programming or they read about starting a business or they read about playing guitar or learning a language or weightlifting, right? Like there's always the guy that knows so much about weightlifting and you look at him and you're like, I could clean and press you (laughs) because you very clearly do not apply that. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's a goal oriented um, approach to learning. I think is probably the big, the best way to put this. Yeah, that, that is. And you know, the, the whole idea here is we're, we'll talk about this more too, when we get into the, how to become teachable, but is you apply what you've learned. You know, it's like, we've talked about this a lot, but when learning a new language or a, like, we have certain things we build. Like, I've got my calculator. Will has his to-do list app. I'm or actually thinking app. of a recipe app. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I'm actually thinking about changing mine to something a little bit more, more string-based than a calculator. Uh, just because I... The more I'm working, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing as many mathematical functions as I thought. I'm doing a lot more string manipulation, which yeah. is kind of mathematical, but you know, you get you get low enough down, it gets mathematical. <laughs> so on that, the next characteristic of a teachable person is they have a high curiosity quotient. And I took that exact phrase from one of the websites that I, I got this information from, but they never stop learning. You know, a teachable person has an almost unrelenting drive to learn new information, gain new knowledge. Like they are lifelong students. Yeah. And not just because they keep going back to grad school or they're like, what was it, Tommy Boy? Lots of people go to school for 10 years. Yeah, they're called doctors. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people that are lifelong learners are always looking for new stuff to learn, you know, new opportunities, you know, basically going where nobody's gone before, uh, you know, Star Trek jokes aside, the teachable person is highly curious and they're always looking for new things to learn and new ways to apply it. So a lot of times they'll put it in places where somebody else hasn't, where they'll experiment a bit and a teachable person will energetically look for facts, you know, while, you know, you know, Wikipedia rabbit trails, for instance, can cost you time. Um, <laughs> that it is a really good thing to follow a lot of times because it makes you always ask questions and look up answers. Yeah, I mean, just an example of being teachable and having a high curiosity quotient. I had a job uh, at the psych hospital, I think for about a semester or two, where I worked in the admissions office on the weekends like 12 hour shifts. And it was really good because it allowed me to uh, take a, I was taking a class and I was doing my graduate practicum over the summer. Um, And so I was able to work during the day at the practicum and, you know, go to school during the day. And so I would come in, I would do my homework. And then my main function was processing patients when they were admitted which over the course of 12 hours, we would usually have three or four patients admitted. um, And that took like maybe 30, 45 minutes each and answering phones. The rest of the time, I was just sitting there. Now, during the day, uh, like the weekday, the workers had a lot of other things to do, but this was the weekend. And so I had a computer with internet access and they were fine with me, you know, following Wikipedia rabbit trails. And I would, you know, I'd I'd start by looking up, you know, something about construction and I would end up on, you know, the Russian monarchy. Yep. Because that happens because you're just like, you follow it and you're like, ooh, that looks interesting. I want to read up about that. And you go to that. And the next thing you know, two or three hours have passed. You know, you've answered two or three phone calls in the meantime, but you're on something completely different. And it's that curiosity. Um, I don't have near as much time to do that these days. I have to be a bit more focused in my my studies and research. But man, those are fun days when you can we just like just dive into all the different stuff. Yeah, of course, the ability to dive in also requires some degree of humility, right? So that you don't look at the link and go, ah, I know everything about that, and yeah, you know, just stop. You know, and humility also requires that you admit mistakes and you correct them. Yeah. Yeah. A teachable person is going to see, I wouldn't say quite everybody, but most people in their social circle as somebody that can teach them something, you know, to whatever degree. And they can learn from those people, you know, no matter what their current situation in life is. See, I would, I would disagree with you there. I would say a teachable person sees everyone as a teacher or a mentor because or an object lesson yeah you add that go to 100 (laughs) percent. yes that's that's where i was going because they may they may learn what not to do from them right because that's that is the attitude they have and they don't do it from a ooh, i'm better than you attitude they're like hey that didn't really work out for them i'm not gonna do that humility creates the opportunity for learning now it occurs when a person accepts criticism from others even peers and juniors. 
Yeah. And a teachable person is also going to take responsibility for their mistakes, uh, whether they are pointed out by others or noticed on their own. Um, failure is not something that's, that's easy for anybody, especially having to admit it. Um, but a teachable person is going to admit failure and see it as an opportunity for learning, you know, getting more knowledge and possibly trying to avoid that situation in the future so that they don't fail the same way again. You know what I, I was thinking about when I was writing that, do you remember the, uh, the episode that we tried to record on relationships? Yes. The absolute massive failure that that episode was like, Halfway through the episode. Yeah, we both were like ticked I off. Will, and I'm like, I'm really angry. And he's like, I am too. I'm like, why don't we stop this? And we stopped recording. And we both kind of like walked away for a few minutes, came back and we we talked about it. And like, we decided, hey, this just, this isn't a good time to do this episode. And then we we like had this discussion that led to one of our best episodes for the time about anger management or conflict like resolution, wrote, wasn't it? Yeah. Conflict resolution. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, we wrote, it was kind of the same thing for us at that point. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote that episode and recorded it that night. Yeah. Like together after having gotten really angry with each other. And the reason I like, I'm telling the story now, like I said, I thought about it when I was writing this, but like we, if we hadn't been, at least a little bit humble. Like I said, my I struggle with arrogance and narcissism. But if we hadn't been a little bit humble in that, we never would have been able to admit, hey, I'm really angry. Maybe we should stop doing this. We would have tried to push through and prove that we were right. Yeah. And we probably wouldn't have gotten as many episodes recorded as we have now because we would have butted heads. Like any of the other times we butted heads would have been yeah. that same kind of <laughs> uh, you know, kind of situation. So. Yeah, I think that that's that's definitely valuable. Um, Another thing that's valuable is to have mentors and be a mentor. The most successful and teachable people have built relationships with those who have higher levels of knowledge and expertise and are willing to share with them. So like your personal network is very valuable in this situation. Yeah, and uh, have we done an episode on finding a mentor? Maybe. We've, We've done episodes on finding a mentor on other podcasts. Like yeah. we were the guests, but I don't know that we've done one. Like we've done one on mentorship. But I don't know that we've done one on finding a mentor. Yeah. That might need to go in the Kanban board. Yeah. That would be a really good episode. That would be, I've, I've been to a few talks uh, from other people on that, but like that, that's something that we could really, really do well with. So I think that's a, a good idea for an episode. Guys, let us know if you, you like that idea. You get to be part of the meta process here. Uh, but yeah, no, I would not have gotten into software development had Will not taken me under his wing and mentored me. Well, and I wouldn't have stayed in it if I hadn't had mentors because I would have floundered a year or two in more than likely. I mean, having a good mentor is that important. I had a boss once who used to refer to Will as her unpaid senior developer because literally she would come up to me and I'd be stuck on something and she's like, you recording tonight? I'm like, yeah. She's like, ask Will about that and, you know, go on home and ask Will about that when you when you get record with him. He'll help you figure it out. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. And we still occasionally uh, you know, have the of course now it's like more of a peer to peer conversation. It's not it a 
you know, I'm trying to think of an example of something that you have asked at different points that was, you know, very junior. It's been, it's been a while since you've really dropped one of those in there. Yeah. I mean, well, as you, as you learn and grow, you start learning how to ask questions Um, because very early on, I used to get really frustrated at some of Will's responses because I would ask him a question and I'd be like, I'd be so focused on what I was working on. And his response was he didn't know what I was working on. And this would be like, I'd be sitting behind him in his office working on something. I'd be like, ask him a question. I'm like, can you not just give me a straight answer? Now, as a you know, more senior developer, I'm like, yeah, I kind of get it because my questions were very vague. Yeah. And I've learned how to ask specific questions. A lot of times now, I'm usually like, hey, have you ever worked with this? And he's like, yeah, it's easy. Or yeah, I never want to work with it again. And I'm like, all right, why? And it's more of a a, a conversation. <laughs> like the other day when I got Kubernetes and Kerberos mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, wrong Greek demon. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. But um, yeah, so like, uh, and, and a lot of times too, I'll ask him questions like, hey, I'm having trouble finding information about this. Like, what am I doing wrong in my search criteria? Yeah. How would I ask Google this? Yeah. That, like, what's that the word for most this of the, thing? Yeah. And that like, that's where I have grown to. That's not where I started. Like right. I started asking really junior, really what I would consider now dumb questions, but they were good questions at the time. They might not have been worded well because like I learned how to word questions by Will responding with a question going, all right, well, are you doing this, 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 or this? I'm like, why can't you just answer my question? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cause you didn't ask it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because and I the, think that's the side that, that I got from all this, right. Is like yeah. being teachable also implies that you mentor other people. Mm-hmm. You, you get a lot of knowledge just by helping other people uh, satisfy their own curiosity with things. Um, we we get a lot of stuff just from doing this podcast. There, there's a lot of things that I know about that I probably would not know otherwise just from my career. Yeah. yeah. A teachable person, they're not only willing, but they desire to share their knowledge and wisdom with other teachable people who are seeking their mentorship. Now, notice that you didn't say they desire to share their knowledge, just like come in and uh, what do they call it? Sea uh, lining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, guys, the the final characteristic under being teachable is listening skills. Teachable people are good listeners. A person is not listening nor learning when they're speaking. Even people who talk a lot can be good listeners if they use the time when they're not talking wisely. I tend to process things by talking it out. And my, my tech lead at church has learned this. And so we, we kind of have an agreement that I will save things until like after a service to talk to her about. Because sometimes I just need, I just need like to talk about it, to process it. And yeah. figure like to figure something out, and she knows this about me, so she doesn't get frustrated because she's personality type where she just wants like ask a question, take your time figuring it out, and then get back to me. And I'm like, you asked me a question, I'm like, all right, 
this and this and this and this. And I'm like talking it out. And she's figured that out. And she's like, all right, she waits until I get done, get to the end of it. And then I'm like, all right, here's what I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm getting better about like internalizing some of that or just like walking away and talking to myself <laughs> so that I don't bother her. But like, you know, that's how I process because I'm a, I'm a talker and I can be a good listener. I am a good listener because when I'm not talking, I'm actually paying attention. Yeah. You know, the uh, paying attention thing I think is important, you know, being able to attentively listen to others and ask questions for clarification and understanding. And so you're asking questions with good intent or proper intent. Uh, That goes a long way to being a good listener. Um, It's also really important to pay attention. Like if you're in a training seminar, you know, you take good notes and you ask clarifying questions or sometimes even restate the point made in your own words so that you can make sure that you actually understand what they're saying. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that uh, in the next section. Speaking of which, the next section is becoming teachable. Yeah. So in order to become teachable, you have to accept that you don't know everything or even most things and probably even most things that you think you know. To maintain teachability, you have to keep that attitude and understanding that there is always more to learn. Yeah. So these were all taken from an article by John Maxwell. You may recognize that name because the last book we did for book club was by him. And the more stuff I read by him, the bigger fan I am. He was the keynote speaker at the last conference I went to uh, about leadership. And I've just like, I've just developed a big fandom of his work. So um, when I looked up being teachable or becoming teachable and I saw he had written an article on it, that was the first one I read. So the first point is to develop active listening skills. It takes two to speak the truth, one to speak and one to hear. And that's a quote from Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. Active listening begins with preparation. Um, You have to remove distractions. You have to be able to focus on the person who is speaking and what they're saying. Then you have to be able to put any other thoughts out of your mind uh, so that you can completely focus on the speaker and what they're saying. And this that takes practice, that takes effort, and that takes preparation so that you're not doing that. Um, you know, you're not sitting there playing on your phone, especially if you're You can take notes on your phone if you're disciplined enough to not hop over and look at Facebook or play games. Yeah. Um, And most people, frankly, aren't. Um, Yeah. You also need to start using silence to your advantage by trying to understand what they're saying before you try to be understood by them. So you listen first and then you explain later or not at all if it's not needed. That's also a more efficient way to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And trust me, from a talker, I can I can tell you as I started applying this, it's amazing when you start doing the listen first attitude, how much you don't need to say. And as someone who likes to talk, that's very exciting because that means I don't have to to say this. So there's more stuff that I can say because (laughs) I don't have to say the stuff that you just said. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you've ever heard a conversation between like two senior developers who agree on something and they're just reiterating the point, you know, to each other, it's like, was it like the Furby dolls that like one would talk and the other would talk and you put two of them together and they just chatter? Oh, yeah. I think it was Furbies that did that. It was a couple different ones that, that were like that. And I've seen so many conversations that way. It's like, look, if one of you would just shut up and listen. (laughs) <laughs> you, y'all, would, y'all would have been done 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're, they're so, and I've, I've seen this too. Like we're so like focused on getting their point across. They don't realize that the person who spoke before them just made the same point. Yeah. Another thing with developing active listening skills is watch for nonverbal cues and wait for the person speaking to pause before you ask any clarifying questions. Like, don't interrupt them is what we're getting at here. Yeah, and and when you ask questions, you need to make sure that they're relevant and they're used to help with understanding, not to show your own knowledge. Because there's a lot of people that go, oh, I'm just asking questions. It's like, no, you're you're not asking questions, you're undermining. That's very true. And finally, you want to summarize the main points that the person who's speaking makes by reiterating them back in your own words, uh, because what this does is it allows for you to say, hey, here's the way I understand it, and then wait and allow the speaker to correct any mistakes you may have in understanding. And this, this goes back to, like, you guys may be thinking, oh, this is about the listening skills characteristic but it's also about the humility characteristic you know because you have to be humble enough to realize you may have misunderstood what the person's saying well and the other thing too is if you repeat it in your own words you'll internalize it better yes. like in the absence of notes you actually understand something versus having to look it up yeah and guys we have an entire episode titled improve your listening skills that's actually where i pulled all of this information from I was looking at it. It was in our transition from our old way of doing outlines to our new way of doing outlines. So it was kind of interesting to see where we were back then. But uh, yeah, go check that episode out if you you really want to to spend some time learning about how to be a good listener. And speaking of learning, yeah, you also need to learn how you learn, learn the learning process. Beej and I had a conversation right before we recorded about this because I've been like going through some stuff on memory and uh, just how to make stuff stick better. And, you know, learning is a recursive process. You know, the the teachable person is not ever done learning. They just have a deeper level or they have a new topic to apply to the learning process. So the process starts, you know, you, you call the learning function, so to speak, and the process starts by acting on what you've previously learned. So when you call the learning process, you pass in what you have just learned. This could be a new skill or a way to improve a skill that you already have, but you hear something, you see something, you read something, and you call the learning process, this recursive process, you know, this recursive function, you call it and you pass in what you just learned. Yeah, and the learning produces questions, so you have currying as well. (laughs) Yeah, I went there. Sorry, man. Oh, my goodness. I never should have mentioned it. (laughs) Nope, you shouldn't have. (laughs) All right, go on. 
Next, you also have to evaluate your performance or how you did when acting on the new information that you've learned. You know, specifically, you look for mistakes that you may have made when acting on what you learned, because that's the other part of it is how can I really apply this? Just because I know it doesn't mean I know it, know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once you've acted on what you learned and you've looked for those mistakes, looked for your performance and gone, all right, what what did I do well? What did I do bad? What can I improve? You look for better ways to do the thing you're doing. And what this means is you do more learning. You learn something, you pass it into the process, which starts with acting on it. You evaluate that. And then you go, all right, let's learn something. Let's learn more about it. How can I improve it? If this is code, like think of a code kata. You start off with, hey, here's a way of solving this. You pass it into the process. So you solve the kata and then you evaluate that and you go, hey, I did this pretty well. Oof, you know what? I could have done this better. So you look up, all right, how, how do you do that better? How do you make that more efficient? How do you make that easier? You know, and, and that's, that's the, the, one of the big steps in this is you have the act, you have the humility to say, Hey, I made mistakes and the ability to go, Hey, what can I do to make it better? Finally, you're basically calling the learning function again and passing in the new information. You know, the learning process is a cycle. And now that you've learned from your mistakes on the previous action, it's time to act again. Um, This facilitates the next learning process, and it also makes you focus on what's actually important for really acting on what you learned. This is why you can tell the difference between people with book knowledge on something versus somebody that's actually done it, is, is where they focus. So the next thing to do in order to become or maintain teachable, uh, being teachable is you have to find teachable moments. Learning isn't just relegated to training sessions and educational seminars. Opportunities to learn are in everyday situations all the time. I mean, I just think about like, Will, how many podcast topics did you come up with today? Today, I think I've got three or four. Yeah, I've got Uh, about the same. I spent a lot of time because I had some internet issues. So I spent a lot of time just working on my office. So I I don't have as many, but, and each one of those is something that we want to learn. It's an opportunity for us to learn something. Yeah. Of course, I also say, you know, three or four, I, I can't tell today from yesterday as well. (laughs) Thanks to the stupid pandemic. It's like, I'm always here in front of the screen. (laughs) Um, so that may have been today. It may have been yesterday, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're always, um, you realize you're swimming in a sea of knowledge and you got to figure out, you know, what do I want to go after versus is there anything here? Cause there's always stuff yeah. there. You know, a, to a truly teachable person, every conversation and every problem you solve is an opportunity to learn something new or gain a new skill. Yeah. And for teachable people, learning is not a passive thing. You actually have to kind of be active and you're looking you're always looking to go, oh, what can I learn about this? You know, you're, you got the curiosity that you probably had as a kid and it got beaten out of you at some point. Yeah. Um, go back to that, you know, seek out and plan for teachable moments. Take charge of your learning by reading books and blogs, 
attend conferences. Of course, they're all virtual these days, but you can still attend them. Honestly, this is a great time to start because a lot of them are now free because they're virtual. Yeah, or they're Um, dirt cheap. Yeah. And spend time around people who inspire you to grow and stretch uh, your own knowledge and understanding. Um, And on that being dirt cheap, the other thing is you don't have to pay for a hotel room or travel expenses. Yeah, and you can eat a bologna sandwich out of the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So like a buck 50 gets you lunch. Okay. So now that you've found teachable moments, you got to make them count. Yeah. And this is more than just, you know, seeking them out because if you're not careful, you can miss the whole point of what you're learning by not doing anything with it. Yeah. A lot of people will attend just a fascinating training session or conference talk and never apply what they learned because I can't do that at work and they just don't do it on their own. I know, like, I've seen Will go to a conference talk about something he was interested in. And, like, there's no way he could do that at work because it was, like, completely off, like, away from what they were doing. And a week or two later, he's like, hey, I want to show you something. And he's built something on his own time doing the thing that we were in that talk for. Uh, Because I I realized you don't know it until then. Yeah. Yeah, but... The focus is on the learning event and not on the process of learning if you're doing that wrong, right? So your, your process needs to start with action and it ends with the learning event because the learning is to facilitate the action and the action is to facilitate more learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all, also, by the way, creativity is a very similar process. That's very true. When in a learning event, uh, like a conference talk, take active notes. like detailing the actions that you need to take in order to do the thing you're learning about. Like these could be your changes that you have to be able to apply to like, you know, what you have in your current environment, like where the best place to apply these lessons are and what you need to share with your team or with management. One of the things that the reason I get to go to conferences uh, and count them as training is because every time I go to a conference, I bring it back and I create a talk. Yeah, and I've seen you do that <laughs> more than yeah. once. I, I guess you guys probably have some way of sharing them, or what do you do? We we used to do dev chats when we met in the office regularly. So, yeah, that's a good way to do it. And finally, you need to use self reflection to ask if you're teachable. So to maintain teachability, you need to be constantly questioning yourself. Am I teachable? Am I still teachable? Am I acting in a way that makes it where I can't learn? Yeah. So in his article on teachability, John Maxwell listed out 10 questions uh, that you need to regularly ask yourself in order to maintain teachability. And we're running short on time, so we're just going to quickly go through these. And we will have a link to, uh, to that article in the show notes. So please check that out because there's a lot more information there than, than we have. I just sort of, I read through it and created these show notes based on that and a few other things that I read. These questions are things like, am I open to other people's ideas? Do I listen more than I talk? Am I open to changing my opinion based on new information? Do I readily admit when I'm wrong? Do I observe before acting on a situation? Do I ask questions? Which in and of itself is a question, but you know. (laughs) That went a little recursive. Um, 
And am I willing to ask a question that will possibly expose my ignorance? Yeah. Am I willing to ask for direction? Am I open to doing things in a way that I haven't done before? Am I willing to ask for directions? Do I act defensive when criticized or do I listen openly for truth? Answering no to any one of these questions means that you have areas that need improvement in your ability to be teachable. However, answering no to several of these doesn't mean that you're not teachable, just that you have work to do to improve your teachability. Uh, It means that you have things to learn and be taught about being teachable. Teachability is a skill as much as as it is a personality trait. It's one of the easier things about our personalities that we can actually change. Uh, It does take a little bit of work and some self-reflection to be able to improve your teachability, but it is possible. On the same note, it's an easy skill to lose if you're not careful about maintaining it. Use this information to help you understand your own level of teachability and improve it so that you're considered teachable by your peers, mentors, and managers. Not only will it help you improve your career, but it will lead to a happier life as you continue to learn and grow. So we want to give a huge shout out to Lucas from Level Up Financial Planning for sponsoring this week's episode. It's through his sponsorship that we're able to achieve our podcasting goals and Lucas will help you achieve your financial goals. That pretty much wraps us up before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, just one more thing about the teachability thing. Uh, one thing that I like to do that I found very helpful is actually try, you, you know, you're going to hit a point where learning is painful, right? Where you like, you feel like you're not growing, you know, whatever. It's, it's hard. It makes you want to quit, whatever. Try to get there as quick as you can. And then push through it versus going, oh, well, I know that's going to be bad in two months. Like try to get there now. A lot of times what you'll find is that you you tend to be able to learn a lot quicker and you tend to be able to stick with it because you're purposefully getting there. So just a just a kind of a hack that I'm throwing out there. That's pretty much all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to completedevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.